Hey everyone, welcome to the Arrow Panel. This is a live talk show about dancing games. Uh, we're live here at Zion Arcade in San Francisco, and uh, these are the hosts. I'm James, aka Buzzard. Uh, I'm Roger, aka at Roger Clark on Twitter. And Jeff uh, Funga. So I thought we'd just start off by kind of introducing ourselves, just to tell you like why we think we're good candidates for the show. Uh, so just to start off, um, I'm James, aka Buzzard, as I said. Go by Buzzard on the forums. I've been playing DDR since I was about 14 or so. So it's like 13 years now. And I started on 4th Mix Plus at home. Nice. And then I think uh, my first arcade mix was like Max 2. And uh, played the hell out of Max 2. Played a lot of Extreme. Uh, from Phoenix, Arizona, where there was a huge DDR community. It was, uh, there was kind of a lot of overlap between like the Phoenix community and like uh, Southern California. So it was like a lot of the same people. Um, Southwest Showdown was my first tournament. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but I don't. But you know, this, the Southern California community is pretty legendary. So if they bled over into your area, that that's that's a pretty good sign for your community too. Yeah. All right. So Roger, go ahead. Introduce yourself. Yeah. I I I'm I'm Roger Clark. Uh, like I just said again. Um. And I I've been playing since 2002, and. Uh, I'm, I'm from Kentucky, Ashland, Kentucky, uh, and I started on a third mix Korean version 2 machine, which for some reason were all over the place in arcades in the middle of, the, middle of nowhere. It must have been the first one that was like pirated. Yeah, I think in 1999 they just made so many of those and yeah. shipped them to Korea, and then once they stopped making version, Korean versions of DDR they just probably offloaded them to America. Did you know the difference between Korean cabs and Japanese cabs back then? No. I don't think any of us <laughs> did. No. I mean, I, I was so bad at DDR when I first started that it didn't really matter anyway. Um, yeah, I've been playing for 15 years now, and I've, I've had a pretty long history with it. Uh, I started taking it seriously about a year in, went to some tournaments in Ohio, and... Honestly, it was like DDR was was huge in in my life because it got me to travel around for like out of my area, like to go play at, at tournaments in Ohio or Tennessee and places like that. And yeah, it's I, I think we can talk forever about all these subjects, but that's <laughs> that's a pretty pretty uh pretty broad over, overview. Also, I lived in the Ohio area for a while and was part of the Ohio community, which was. I think the Ohio community is, is pretty legendary in the DDR scene. We, we had Kevin Bodie, Mega Man X, totally. pretty legendary player, Absolutely. and uh, a bunch of other great players, too. So that's, that's kind of who I learned from. And we have the KAC champion himself. Not champion. Third place. Third place. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm Jeff Funga. Uh, I've been playing DDR since 2003. I started Max 2 home version. Uh, and by that time, Extreme had come out, so... Uh, I think my first arcade mix was Extreme. And uh, this was back in New Jersey. I lived in northern New Jersey for uh, 18 years of my life. And then I moved out here to California. So I grew up around 8 on the Break. That was like my home arcade for a while once I learned how to drive. Yeah, everybody knows and, about that place. Yeah, I mean, that's... For, it's on for, the ITG machine. For, for those who don't actually, because, I mean, like, that's actually a long time ago now. Like, the, yeah. the heyday of DDR and ITG there. But 8 on the Break is just this, like, legendary arcade in the middle of New Jersey, did the location test for in the groove one, uh, you know, had like every had like two DX machine, pop and machine, like every arcade machine was there, which was something you never saw. Like you might yeah, have, we didn't have that. You might have like a pop in just like sitting somewhere in some random arcade. Or a lot of DDRs were existed, but in the break somehow had everything all the time. And so, so how come you weren't in that picture? I didn't know about it then. That was like taken in like two thousand four. I didn't start going to arcades. Uh, I guess in like 2004 I did, but I was like 13, so uh, my mom wouldn't take me the hour south down to. And I didn't even know about it. I posted on DDR Freak and like had no idea what I was talking about. about it's anything. crazy how many people drove for like an hour to get yeah. to a DDR machine yeah. when they were so young. Like, <laughs> how how could we convince our our families to like? Will you please drive me like 60 or 70 miles to yeah. this arcade so I can sit here and jump around for a few hours? Yeah. <laughs> That's why I waited till I got my my own car to do that myself. I never would, my mom would have said no. Very, I don't know about you guys, but it seemed like I lived near some, like, decent arcades, but then there was always one, like, really awesome arcade that was, like, a long drive away. <laughs> How yeah. come none of us lived near that I don't awesome know. Arcade? I don't know why. <laughs> it's tragic. Maybe, maybe the struggle is what, is what produces the quality. It could know? be, yeah. You know what? Maybe it's the breaks. Like, staying away from it for a while and, like, 
the the hype building up before like driving there. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. So we're also joined today uh, by our fantastic producer, behind the scenes guy uh, and director Dalton, aka uh, Blue Chow or Blue Chaos. Blue Chaos. <laughs> and then we're also joined by uh, my brother Charles, aka Zanith, and he's doing our he's our tech tech guy. Doing some scenes, social media social monitoring. Media. So. Uh, we have a Twitter account, SF underscore evolved, and then also a hashtag, hashtag B arrow panel. And so if there's anything that you want us to talk about today, or if you want to join in on the discussion, go ahead and like tweet at us, or you can write in the chat on YouTube, and then we'll talk about it. Our social media... Yeah, really just talk about really. us as much as possible on social media. <laughs> RT! That's, that's what we need. Roger's we need in it for the likes. We need yeah. some faves and some RTs. <laughs> Everybody knows that, like... One RT is like five faves. Or oh, faves definitely. And there's yeah, a conversion factor for sure. Yeah. So if you really want to show some love, fave and RT. Oh, man. Yeah. That's a tall order. That's a tall order. So anyway, um, this is our first show, as I'm sure you probably know. But like, it might be kind of rough in the beginning. We're still trying to sort of figure out what the format of the show is. But um, the reason why we started it is just like DDR is obviously making a huge resurgence in the U.S. Uh, and in the world, I'd say. And so it seems like every week there's like something new, uh, whether yeah. it's like a official content from Konami, you know, like a, an, an online update that includes like a bunch of songs and new charts and or stuff. Or some player gets some crazy yeah. score. Or some player gets a crazy score or, um, you know, something like this happens or there's like new tournaments happening all yeah. the time. There's just so much stuff to talk about. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we tweet about it and we're posting on Facebook a ton and we talk about it amongst ourselves so often. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of so, it started because we would talk about it to ourselves very yeah. often, and other people would be interested in the discussion, but we never really had a forum for like discussing things and having other people join yeah. in. And so I think this is like the perfect place to you know, deep dive into a topic and break some stuff down and, and sort of like shed the spotlight a little bit on players and scores and exactly. try to elevate the community a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I was hoping for like a sports center for dance games kind of situation. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Speaking of shedding light on players, you just got a triple A on Cartoon Heroes. Oh yeah, I, 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 right I finally, I finally triple A Cartoon Heroes after having one grade on it for fourteen years. Yeah, goddamn, because <laughs> that that song is ridiculous. Even if you if you like just started on Ace, like going back and playing some of these extremely technical it's still hard. on Extreme, it's still, it's still, still hard. hard. Yeah, it's uh, like I know Jeff has beat the game. But like me and Roger, we still have like kind of a way to go. Yeah, for, like, I got like twenty songs left. Yeah, I, I am not even close to, I'm not even close to being like finished with that game. So it's like it's kind of cool. I think that it's like that's why we here at Zion Arcade we have like the new and the old, and it's like great to go back to the old and, and still play extreme and stuff. So the, you kind of took a break from extreme for a little while, and then you you came back to it. Yeah, I I've been playing Ace since since Ace came out. Yeah, it's kind of all I've been thinking about. <laughs> yeah, I I. I <laughs> Once it came out, what, when was it, like, July, August? July, like, 7th or something. Yeah, of last year, yeah, and yeah. I kind of have been kind of accelerating my, my play of, of DDRA since then. Like, at first it was like, okay, I'll, I'll go play on Saturday, and then I'm like, okay, I'll go play twice a week, and now I'm, <laughs> I'm playing literally every day for, like, two hours, and it's great. Uh, but yeah, I, I haven't been playing extreme much, because we have the new DDR that's just, like, ten minutes down the road, so it's... it's, it's you know, it's it's done a lot for the community, and it's done a lot for me getting motivated to play again. I, yeah, I I feel like I'm better than I ever was, despite being 31. I feel like I feel better now than I did when I was a teenager. Teenager, yeah. so it's showing in your scores, I'd say. Yeah, thanks. So, is there anything that you like that you learned from like some of the more recent DDR songs that you th you say you applied to like Cartoon Heroes? Yeah, I I think just the way that I move my feet. Um, I think form is, is a big thing with DDR, and Jeff Jeff has amazing form, so I, I pay a lot of attention to... This is something we'll probably talk about a lot. Pay a lot of attention the to the way Jeff plays and the way Chris plays, and just trying to copy them. And it, it just seems like playing 16s and 17s on Ace makes songs like Cartoon Heroes not, not seem that bad. Um, and I, I just feel like my feet are just moving correctly now, whereas before it, kind of all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you that never played it before, too, it's a song that was removed um, at some point after Extreme. After Extreme, right? yeah, all the licenses so, were gone after Extreme. Yeah, it's one of those really fantastic licenses that um, was in Extreme and was removed after. It'd be great if they brought some of those back someday. Oh yeah. my god, I would love that that'd so be, bad. That'd be amazing. So, is there anything else left in Extreme that you like really want to do? Yeah, 
triple A Jurassic songs. Obviously, yeah. And I mean, I don't know when I'm going to get around to it, but because Ace is so good, it's <laughs> yeah. like I, I plan on going to play Ace after we stop doing the show. Like tonight, I'm just going to go to Dave and Buster's. Yeah, but and play I, Ace. I know that you've been trying to get like um, Max Unlimited. On, that's uh, that's on true. Ace. So you're you're playing Max Unlimited on Ace with the Ace timing. Yeah. So is that is that like a a, a goal that was like left on after Extreme that you you're still trying to go for? Yeah, I think so. I think the Ten Footers are like the the Extreme Ten Footers are like kind of magical songs for everyone, and yeah. I think it's you, you got to get them all, or else you're not you're not a good DDR player. Can you know? catch them all? I don't know about that. Okay, so I, I should back up, like. I, it's, just, it's a personal goal. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. To I think, why do you I, think that? Well, I think people put a lot of emphasis on the 10-footers from Extreme because they were so iconic back in the day. But I don't know. I find so many of the newer charts and newer songs to be a lot more engaging. Like, Max 300 to me is, is like, classic but boring. Mm. Uh, whereas I think there's a lot of, lots of new 15s, uh, especially, and some, some of the 16s, that are really, really compelling and engaging and test a lot of different stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like the gimmick of like doubling the BPM or uh, like having a stop that like isn't exactly on beat. So you have to sort of like come up with different ways of tapping your feet yeah. so that you can get a Marvelous on the next step. Or you, you can watch Kevin Bodie's videos. Yeah, I mean, that's what, <laughs> that's what we all used to do, right? Yeah. But um, like those, it sort of feels like a gimmick that's expired. I like stuff like Beachside Bunny, for example, that mm. doesn't have any gimmicks at all, but it's just like... That's pretty hard. You just gotta like do it. You gotta yeah. be able to stream. You gotta stamina, be able to do a bunch of stuff. stamina. There's a totally. bunch of jumps in it and twelve notes. And for me, I think it's just kind of like looking back at something that I thought was really challenging, like just in the face, right? Yeah. Just kind of like no, like besting it, like knowing that this was something that was just totally unattainable. Like I remember being, you know, sixteen and thinking, oh, there's no way I'll ever pass PSMO. <laughs> and yeah. like now, like that PSMO is a sixteen. On and it's, it's like not even and it's not really close even to the hard. hardest thing. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's, it's still uh, it still has some things that are really tricky about it. And I kind of wonder if like those tricky things are is it just a memory? Yeah. Is it just the memory that I have that is like preventing me from doing my best on that song? I think a lot of people elevate the ten footers from extreme to like they put it on a yeah. pedestal. Yeah, exactly. And it's, yeah. Uh, they think that they're harder than they actually are. In my in my opinion, anyway. But yeah, so Ace is. Uh, is still pretty big, you know. Like there, there's still things happening with the, with DDR Ace. There's new songs being released all the time, and new charts. And there was just recently an event, Renon's Adventure, and uh, that with Renon's Adventure, we got we got a bunch of new charts. You want to say something about those? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, there have been extra exclusives in Ace. So basically, charts that you can only play on the extra stage, and then after a while, they dip down to final stage. Uh, but you know you couldn't unlock them, and uh, none of them had challenge charts. And now with Renon's Adventure, we're getting what seems to be unlocks of challenge charts for the extra exclusive songs. So we got the first three so far: New Century, Rising Firehawk, and Astrogazer. They are an all eight, great charts. Eighteen, yeah. seventeen, eighteen, respectively. Yeah, that's what's awesome. your favorite one so far? I love Astrogazer. Me too. Oh man, I think. Uh, Do you think it feels like an ITG song, kind of? It, it, it definitely feels does. like it feels like a 2008 era <laughs> ITG custom. I still think yeah. it's like I think it's fantastic. I know a lot of people gave it a lot of flack for having like random 24ths. Nah, it's and I don't, great. I think it goes perfectly to the music, and even if it didn't, I'm having a blast. Yeah, and I think it, it's kind of one of the first times that Konami has kind of done that sort of thing, where they're like the. It's a little bit like Euphoria. They did it a little bit in Nageki, which yeah, that's true. Like that. Was one of, when I think 24th at like kind of a slower BPM, I think that song. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was good. I think everyone, like, Nagaki isn't the greatest chart in the world, but I think it is very solid. Yeah. Uh, it's great so, that they're, they're doing it very sparingly. They're kind yeah, of yeah, they're picking totally. the right song, and they're, they're not, it's not random, I don't think. At all. Right. And that's why I like, contrast that with Rising Firehawk, which is around the same BPM, yeah. but has a different sort of like gimmick or, or something that it's testing your skill at, which is step jumps. The tell yeah. jumps. The tell jumps. I mean, <laughs> so. To, again, to preface, I just want to make sure, like, we're using a lot of terminology, yeah, the, so... Yeah, the, the 16th note, da da jump Yeah, da -da -jump. exactly. That, that yeah. was kind of pioneered in the, uh, the song Tell and in the Groove 1. Yeah. And, uh, or we could say Max Unlimited jumps. I don't know. <laughs> it's not, like, don't, it's not the same. It's, it's not, not the same. same. Like, I mean, I still have some trouble with Tell jumps or Rising yeah. Firehawk yeah. jumps or whatever I, you want I think call the it. thing that sets Tell jumps apart from the Max Unlimited jumps is the, the sort of, like, going back and forth. Like, da-da-dun, da-da-dun, da-da-dun. Mm -hmm. And Max Unlimited didn't have that. It was more like a 
kind of a gimmick at the end. It wasn't like actually a part of the yeah, song. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. It's in another league for me. But yeah. Uh, so Rising Firehawk was not something I expected to be fairly challenging, but um, the se- it's an easy 17. It's definitely like an intro 17. Yeah. Do you think it's the easiest 17 now? I think so. I think so. The first, the second time I played it, I got like nine nine five. I still, and think- I'm not even that great at hard songs. So I'm like, yeah. hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't know. I, I still think that Possession is the easiest seventeen by far. And and they, it's definitely one of the two. Because um, Rising Firehawk is exhausting in a way that Possession is not. I like. think so. Possession is exhausting. Yeah, I was. I would, yeah. I would say it's Possession's hella exhausting. The the jumps, man. You, you, I think it's the freezes. You can't. You can't. You can't you can't cheat on the jumps. You actually have to jump. If, yeah. if with like Rising Firehawk, you can kind of just like do that. Yeah, that's true. I guess. Yeah. I'm not sure. They're both easy, and yeah, they're, they're both, they're, well, they're both easy, for, easy. easy for 17s. I should say yeah. they're good intros into the 17 folder. Yeah. If anyone's thinking about jumping in with something, uh, if they're like just about to reach that level. So like, yeah, exactly. So New Century. That's that's not really a song. I, I don't even really put that as like attainable for me. Like at this current time. You mean attainable in, in terms of passing or? Uh, I think I could probably pass it, but it's just getting a good score on, yeah. on New Century because really of tough. the shock arrows. Yeah, the shock arrows. Yeah. And it's just like so really... I, I learned something about the shock arrows. It it did take me like looking at it on YouTube to figure it out, but it does have like if you use the center panel as a step, then all the shock arrows work themselves out. So. Uh, it's not the most intuitive thing because you have like a like a, a crossover and then you have to step on the center and then another crossover. So like it's it's chaotic, uh, but it does it made a lot more sense to me when I looked at it online. I I really like that a lot because it means that Konami's thinking about that. Yeah, they're thinking like how to make people do these weird movements like yeah. using the center panel and and things like that. And it, it's it's nice that they have an advanced knowledge of how to make charts because a lot of sometimes I think you know like how how good are they at playing these things how <laughs> yeah. good are oh, yeah, they that's at, a valid question. at understanding what people can do and it it seems clear based on the recent stuff that they're they know what they're doing yeah I, there's certainly things that could be cleaned up like there's a few parts of uh, of new century challenge that are a little bit awkward uh, a little bit more than I'd like but it's just one of those things that you sort of learn over time and you adapt and uh, so, by the way, the um, Steve Foster, he's in the chat. Okay. About Rising Firehawk, he says it's a stamina 18 rather than a throw some BS at you 18. Wait, oh, Rising uh, Firehawk? Uh, Rising Firehawk. That's not an 18. Uh, maybe Astrogazer is probably what he meant. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, what was his comment again? Because I was thinking about Rising Firehawk. Yeah. Stamina 18 rather than a throw some BS at you 18. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like, it's, again, one of the charts that, uh, like, a lot of 18s rely on some sort of gimmick. And yeah. you can say that Astrogazer has gimmicks by like the three stops that it has, uh, no. but they're really inst- it's, it's, I feel like the stops in the 18 are actually easier than the expert. No, well, I'm just saying like there are only a few hard songs that have like no stops or no slowdowns yeah. or something, and like Astrogazer technically fits into the has stops category. Yeah, but, but it's it's pretty. It's, it, they're, it's they're pretty so tame. minuscule. It's so yeah. much like Revolution, the 17 has a stop, yeah. but there's no arrows near it. it doesn't like count. it doesn't matter. It doesn't count. It's much different than uh, something like Pluto the First or something like that really relied on speed changes or stops to be gimmicky and yeah. hard. So what about the uh, the other songs from the the April twenty seventh update? So we have like exciting Mo Cha Cha. These are the these songs are all in Japanese. Yeah. And Ron Ron E Rai Rai. Yeah. So, exciting Mo Cha Cha. Exciting. Man. I don't. I really don't like it. That's, but it's so hard. I, it's it's interesting. I think because it feels like the first time Konami is. Writing a chart where there's like, there's there's stuff in there that's clearly like not even like in the music. It's just like people talking or whatever, and they're writing notes. It's for really it. it's like it's five really or funny. six different charts, kind of all in one. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's, I, it's two I, and a half minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> all the all those yeah. songs are. It feels yeah. like, but yet yeah, my my biggest thing against exciting Cha is the trend of like I don't know if it's technically denpa that's the the genre, but the like the talking. And no yeah. music thing happening that happens in a lot of the Kokonatsu or uh, Hinabita songs, yeah. like, infuriates me. Yeah. This is just yeah. like, please, please step to arrows that have zero, there's no music, it's just some <laughs> high-pitched anime girl talking. And like, it's, it's a good way to work in those, like, the, the 24th notes and the, yeah. the weird colors. So yeah, you gotta have, love, love colors. Do you, guys, yeah. do you guys remember that chart, the meme that was, uh, that was coming around where it was like the chaotic neutral and like the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. which one? 
I've seen a lot of them. So somebody made one for music games, and I thought it was interesting because they put DDR right in the middle for it's, neutral. It's, it's true neutral, yeah. Yeah, but then I think like... Everybody likes it. No one <laughs> hates it. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. So like they put, uh, if I'm recalling correctly, they put sound voltex as like chaotic but neutral. Yeah. So I, I kind of think that DDR is kind of trying to like go out from that center square in some way. Yeah, so, I would say so. Actually, you could think of the groove radar. Sort of oh man! Yeah, yeah, they're they're definitely it's like stretching the radar there. Yeah, stretching so, the radar. Yeah. The thing I'll add about Exciting Mojo Chai is it's a great tournament song. Yeah, like, that is, is yeah. just like it, it, if you match up with someone in a I, tournament. I love this tournament thirteen. Yeah, exactly. Think it should be a qualifier. Would it make a good qualifier? I don't think it would make a good qualifier. It's, a, troll troll it's a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit too troll. <laughs> like, uh, but it's much harder and much more like valid in a tournament than the other one, Ronon A Rai Dai Dai. Yeah. Because that one is just like, first of all, like. The the song is like the remix. That's like a remix of like the classical Chinese or whatever. I don't know. It's some. It's like a intended to be kind of a remix. Yeah. And so it sounds already kind of like cheap, uh, and then it doesn't have very interesting. It's not that interesting in my opinion. Hey, more songs. Yeah. yeah no, it's can't, it's can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with more content. songs. So speaking of more songs, there's a new song that was just released tonight. Cozy catastrophe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, we actually have um, so. Special thanks to Zero Wolf for uh, actually uploading a like a really high quality video of it. I thought maybe we could watch it together. Yeah, we're gonna sort of just like give our feedback of the chart and stuff. Um, so here it is. It's the new extra exclusive, of course. Yeah, level it's two. Any surprise. Level two extra exclusive. Sixteen. It's a sixteen on expert. So it's, yeah, it's another slow down in the beginning. It, uh, this is a little bit like blew my mind, I think. Nice. Mm. Now it's it's sort of a little oh, okay. <laughs> now it's like now it's like sick, I think. Oh yeah, this does remind me of sick. Okay, actually like, right. This song does sound pretty sick. Honestly, <laughs> it's, it's probably gonna speed up right here. Yeah, it's exactly like sick, but a little bit harder, I think. Okay. Some nice light crossover. Yeah. That was nice. I like that. That's like the end of, um, that... Whoever's playing is already doing pretty good. Yeah, this is Zerowulf. Uh, if you guys don't know Zerowulf, he's, he uploads a lot of DDR videos in high quality. Um, and he's actually a really good player, too, from Japan. So, uh, subscribe to this him. He's really good. Yeah. This is like... Oh, uh, Zuko Metsumete, that's all? Metsumete, yeah. Yeah, so... There's a lot of, there's that one run of... Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. The, yeah. the, the, the crossover, kind it. of crossover into a freeze kind crossover of thing. Crossover into a freeze, I yeah. love it. And it's like, this song already has been like two of those. Yep, lots of crossovers. This is also like sick, I think. Oh. That's like Neutrino. That's like Neutrino. Yeah. I'm so happy to play that. That's really good. It's a little anticlimactic at the end. That's eh, fine. No, it's good. It's real good. Yeah. Yeah, that was spectacular. I, I really, I really like the fact that Konami is going more toward the, uh, like the modern EDM kind of genres. Yeah. It's clear that they, I feel like, they saw. What happened in America in like 2012, where everyone became obsessed with EDM, and they were like, "Hmm, maybe this would be good for DDR in 2017." Yeah. <laughs> well, well 16. I mean, yeah, 2016. Like the like we've been to like Mogra and stuff, like yeah. underground sort of like uh, Bimani artists, like doing really experimental stuff. I think it's it's been a thing in Japan for like a couple of years now, and yeah. it's just now starting to make it into yeah, Bimani games. Yeah, so you, you get all this like crazy Japanese dubstep and stuff, yeah. and that's what's in DDR now. It's I think great. I think DDR's been like that for you know twenty years actually. It's, it's always been yeah, like, it's always been though. It's yeah. always been like you know there there's some kind of musical trend in Japan, and like there's or the, the world in general or the world in general. Yeah, it's like the the, the people that make the music too are, are really into it, and uh, a lot of, there's a lot of artists like. Um, I guess Red Alice and stuff who play DDR, they play DDR yeah. games, and uh, and they're they're making music now for for Konami. Yeah, it's awesome. So, so this, this guy has a song in Yubi, right? Yeah, yes. Sion. Yeah, or uh, yeah, he, he's like Shunsuke is his, is his name. So it's might be Shun, Shun, uh, Shun. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, so he has uh, two songs in U-Beat. Uh, one of them was in Kubel, which is formerly the latest version, and now they just, they're releasing uh, a new version of U-Beat called Clan or Clan. And uh, so there's a new, he has like, in the location test, he has a new song there. So kind of in a similar vein so to how- So he's like debuting with like, basically like, like boss songs or something? I guess, like, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. It's, they seem to have a trend of like, throwing people in the fire. Like I think Hummer is kind of similar, the guy who made Neutrino. Um, he's now like the sound director, I think, of 2DX. Hmm. And uh, like he's the sound director too. Yeah, I'm almost positive. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And it's just like you know his first song in DDR, boss song. Why not? That's awesome. Yeah, so, I think the first time they had a new artist do a boss song, like was Supernova two for NGO. Hmm. Oh, that NGO. might be. It was like a. I don't think he'd ever been in Bimani before, and he, and he did yeah, that, that sounds that sounds like it could be right. Yeah. yeah. And now we have Yuichi, who's been around for a lot longer than I thought. Yeah, I, I love this one. Beginnings. Known as Yuichi, uh, I guess as of recently, but uh, two MB in the past. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Maybe you guys didn't know that. Yeah. You should tell more about. A lot of all. Everyone has so many aliases. Like you know, yeah. you can go yeah. on wiki pages and figure out. Yeah, all it's it's kind of neat. It's like you think that uh, there, it's it's a little bit like ITG, I guess, uh, or maybe Kyle Ward was kind of inspired by. Yeah, he he clearly was, saw what yeah. Nauki was doing. Yeah, Nauki. Like, yeah. I'm gonna be like that guy. Yeah, and, and, and be funny ways. Yeah, just all all that stuff, all the alias stuff is uh, is kind of cool. Yeah, I think I think it's kind of like uh, sort of like playing a card game and stuff. It's like tracing the lore is like really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like DDR lore is yeah exactly is amazing. When I found out that Yuichi was two MB, I was like I'm mind really blown. Yeah, I was really excited about that. Yeah. And it's yeah. cool to see so, that he's still around. What do you guys think of Cozy Catastrophe in general? I think it's a good 16? I, I mean, I feel like... I feel like it's pretty... It looks pretty fun. I think it looks nice and easy, honestly. Like, it, I think it's one of those songs that's... I like the ones that look impressive to onlookers because they do a lot of tempo changes and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. but technically aren't that hard to execute. Yeah, it looked I like... Think, yeah, the, the majority of the song felt like... The difficulty came from the crossovers and the gimmicks, yeah. not uh, necessarily about the, the stamina or anything. Oh, but by the way, regarding our last chat, uh, Jess in the chat says, what about Tag? Uh, at least a remix of Saber Wing was a boss song, I believe? Uh, yeah, the Saber Wing yeah. Akita headshot mix. Yeah, that's right. Um, I actually don't know much about that, the Akita uh, headshot, sort of, uh, like what, like if that's a person or if that's... Akira's headshot mix. I actually haven't looked into it. It's a really weird song. It's great. It's yeah. a great song. That it's a good boss song. I love it. Yeah. It's late as hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's probably it's one of the latest late. songs in Ace. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, Cozy Catastrophe. I like it because I'm a huge fan of Sick. And, oh yeah. Uh, I've been trying to PFC Sick for a really long time, having a lot of trouble. But uh, yeah, Cozy Catastrophe is a new challenge. I think it's it's got a lot of the same thing. It's I think it's one of those songs that you're gonna have to play in Step Mini a few times. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll just watch Zero Wolf's video. Yeah, exactly. Over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I guess the sort of the main topic we wanted to talk about was, uh, you know, I kind of touched on it when we talked about the impetus for the show, uh, and it's all about uh, DDR Ace and how it made its debut in America. And also, I want to remind you, do you remember when we were watching KAC? Yeah, uh, we, 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 watched, we watched the previous KAC, uh, KAC 2016, When they announced DDR Ace. And they, they announced DDR Ace, and we were just like, oh, that looks cool. It, but you know. But then I, oh, well. I don't know if you remember. I said I bet the A stands for America. Uh, <laughs> and boy, I was right. Yeah, it's I should have made a bet. I mean, yeah, it was, it was. It was. It's. It's nice to think about that now. Just seeing them talk about that and kind of thinking to myself, oh, it'd be really nice if we got that someday, and then it actually happens. Yeah, I kind of felt like it was coming because, like, with round ones opening up stateside and stuff, it seems like Konami, or at least the you know the big arcade guys in Japan, had yeah. an interest in expanding in, in America. So it's like, and it's it's a total resurgence. So what, what do you think about it so far? I mean, it's to call it a resurgence is almost like an understatement. Like, yeah. it's crazy how, uh, first of all, that it's fairly widespread. I don't want to say, like, because there are a lot of people in the Midwest. and Yeah, Ohio desperately needs to I know. I, it's yeah. like, some people definitely got shafted by, like, just Dave and Buster's deciding which locations over which got machines. And, like... But, so you, I mean, I gotta give them props for buying the machines. Right, out. exactly. Yeah. Um, so, like... Because it's one thing to have like a couple machines and a couple areas. Like it could have gone a lot more poorly, where you just had a few hubs having machines. It actually is nice. It's like across the country. Some people could use a few more machines, but like overall, I mean, maybe I'm just I'm in California, so it's I'm a little bit biased. But like yeah. it feels like it's fairly accessible to get to a machine. Um, I'm at least thankful for that. I wish there were more. I wish like every state had 
four machines. And, and we were just talking earlier about how, when we were kids, a lot of times you had to drive to a couple hours away to, to play DDR. And, yeah. yeah. You know, it's like... Dave and Buster's are pretty common, at least around here. Yeah. And, uh, at least some of the metropolitan areas. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been huge. Yeah. So, I thought I might delve into uh, a little bit about how it got here. Because that's, yeah. I think that's, I, I was able to talk to Konami during the Konami Arcade Championship, and they sort of gave a little bit of insight and clarified some of the rumors that have been circulating around about how Ace actually got to America. Um, and so basically, uh, in order to buy a certain number of machines, like in order to buy an Ace machine, you have to have a minimum quantity. Uh, in this case, it's 50. So in order to like start the production line, Konami is like, yeah, you have to buy 50 machines from us. Which is a 50 machines. 50 machines. Which is great. Please, I would love if any, Sign me up. anyone who's watching who's a multi-millionaire, just buy 50 machines. $20,000 a pop, that's, yeah. uh, that's, a risk, that's like a pretty risky order. Yeah. So what would typically happen is you'd have a distributor, someone like Betson, um, there's a bunch of other distributors that exist around the world, um, but they would come in, they'd buy 50 machines, and they'd buy a bunch of spare parts and whatever, and actually have Konami go through the process of like making the, the machines. And then they would storm in a warehouse, and then when a company, you know, a local arcade wanted to buy one, they'd just buy from the distributor. But in DDR Ace's case, no distributor wanted to pick it up. I guess they thought it was too risky, or like the DDR had died in America, and, you know, there was no... And also, Konami doesn't really have an office here, like the way that they did yeah. back then, so maybe they just didn't even have the capacity to reach out to every single U.S. distributor. Yeah, I think up. they really only checked with Betson, and Betson was like, nah. Yeah. So there might have been others that would have been interested, but they weren't contacted. Right. So uh, from what I understand, Round 1 and Dave and & Buster's were both interested but couldn't get through distributors, so they, uh, they both talked to Konami, and Konami said, well, here's the minimum order. We're not like making an exception for you guys. And neither of them wanted all 50, so they sort of joined forces to buy the 50 nice, together. It's nice to see Megacorps. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Each other. Yeah. So I think the end result was that round one got 15 machines, and Dave and & Buster's got 35. And so that's why there's like, they're in select locations. They had a few in storage for new arcades that were opening up. Yeah. And round one had new arcades that were opening up as well, but instead put those machines on location. So for example, in San Jose, we had two machines. That was awesome. It was a really it was, nice it was time. amazing. Like, and they were, they were both constantly in use. Yeah, it's, There's so many players in the Bay Area, it's yeah. like you just go and you know, you have four people playing constantly from open to close yeah, every day. Yeah, exactly. DDR is being as rare as it is in America, I knew it wasn't going to last. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's probably place. best for the community. Though. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, no, it's it, it got shipped out. to a new, yeah. uh, like to Colorado, Colorado, which I don't think yeah, has, Denver. I don't think, uh, I don't think there's a Dave & Buster's there. Yeah. Right. Maybe there is. So I suspect that the launch in America was a success. Because we're starting to hear stories now of other distributors around the world um, placing orders for yeah. these 50 machines from Konami. Really? Um, there's a, a distributor in, in Europe, uh, Spain specifically, I forgot what the name is, uh, something coin. Electrocoin. Electrocoin. Uh, just recently placed an order. They said they're going to have units available in September. Wow. So that means we're going to see probably, I, I'm going to say this I right now. Yeah, I'm going to say this right now. I'm, I'm guessing a Europe launch, a massive Europe launch, yeah. by the end of the year. I hope so. And that would be uh, really, really sick. Because like, yeah. a bunch of people from Europe have been expressing a lot of interest. Absolutely. And yeah, Europe had some good players. Yeah. Yep. So it's, and it's just going to be great to see it actually worldwide. Because I know it, it kind of sucked for Europe. Where, like They hear that North America gets a release. Yeah. And Skype, so it kind of implies worldwide. Yeah. And then like nothing for them, right? Yep. So... Really, really awesome that there's a potential, at least hopefully by the end of the year, that Ace makes its way to, like, and it's kind of weird, like local arcades probably. Yeah, you know? yeah, I hope so. Rather than the mega corps uh, of yeah, I, hope so too. I think I think Europe has probably mostly like small arcades, yeah. mom and pop arcades, and not necessarily mega corps quite yet. So. Yeah, I can't really imagine a bunch of like David Buster's in Paris. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, or like. You know, small town Italy. But yeah, isn't it gonna be great? Like, we're gonna start seeing like European players coming back and playing again. I hope so. There's com more competition on yeah. the scoreboard for, yeah. for from Europe. And maybe even a Europe region for KSC. Yeah, yeah, I can totally see that happening. That'd be really awesome. And yeah. uh, I think yeah, so like I think it was probably a risk to launch in America at first. So like the big mega corps, it was good to take on. Well, they they did the location course. test in LA. Yeah. They they tested DDR 2015 at Puente Hills Mall, and uh, I went. You went, yeah, right? too, yeah. And, yeah, it was good. I mean, I, I, I expected that's what we would get if we, if we got anything. We ended up actually getting a much better version of the game than we thought we would. Yeah. So, really, everything kind of worked out way better than we expected. Yeah, yeah I wasn't expecting that to, to actually 
work out. But I mean, there was people. There was so many people that showed their support. Yeah. There. Um, if you like, guys didn't show up to the to that to, to that event, there were people that flew across the country. Yeah, Steve or Natalie flew from, from flew in from Cleveland. Yeah, yes. Yeah, so we all drove down uh, to LA from San Francisco. Yeah, there was a massive show of support for this location test. Yeah. Yeah. It was a magical moment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I liked it. So, I didn't end up getting to go, but uh, I'm glad that it had the support that it did because it certainly resulted in something. Yeah. Uh, Channel Tanoshi on the chat says, "You think we'll see Paselli access in the next few years for America?" I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. I think, I think the, the the systems are just too different. I think like the the, the be, system in Japan is different. They don't want to be involved in like foreign currency management. I think yeah. that's like the just the line they're drawing. It seems a little. It's just like a, a layer of abstraction that you don't really like. You want people to just come up and be able to play. Like in in Japan, I feel like since DDR has been such a mainstay for so long, and the Pacelli thing has, has already been established. It makes sense over there, but here, if they tried to do that, people would be like, "What? I have to like use this alternate currency?" Well, no, you don't. Things? You don't have to. That's the like. I mean, I well, love going to Japan first, and paying with Pacelli. Yeah. First of all, I think the story. We should talk about the story of Pacelli. So, I sure. Think the story of Pacelli is a uniquely Japanese story. Yeah. Because uh, Pacelli was was invented essentially because of the uh, tax. The, the, the tax. They start, Japan started hiking up taxes uh, on arcades in Japan, and Japan has always been kind of like. You know, 100 yen for a game of, uh, of some arcade game. It's yeah. kind of like a standard. Every arcade had 100 yen coin so slots. You, never, you don't use tokens in Japan. That's like yeah. kind of a crazy thing no for, to, for Americans to think about. It's but so like honest. Every, yeah, every even, even arcade. Even round one. Like yeah. The round ones in America are all card-based, but in Japan, the round ones are all, they all take yen. Yep. Um, so this was a, a uniquely Japanese problem. They, want, they had to raise it. They didn't want to raise it to 200 yen, because that's quite a lot. But yeah. It's twice as much the price. Um, so they kind of want to raise it to like 137 yen. No, they did 100. Now every game is usually 120. That's yeah. like the MSRP or whatever of a game of DDR. Yeah. So and it's like people don't usually have change, and, and the games can't make change, of course. So right. uh, that's why Pacelli was invented. Yeah. And so like Pacelli uh, is kind of they want everyone to use Pacelli, and so that's why there's like other other alternatives out there too. Like Pacelli you know, being Konami's uh, like in-game currency. It's kind yeah. of like kind of like. Xbox Live points. Or yeah, or yeah. So like if you guys that. aren't familiar, yeah, they have uh, in Japan they actually have uh, machines where you put yen bills inside, yeah. and then uh, you tap your e amusement card, and then it charges up your e amusement card yeah. to Pacelli. Yeah, and then when you log in, you can say to use Pacelli instead of using a coin. And, and uh, two D games like Two DX and DDR, I guess DDR has premium playing. Yeah. And Two uh, DX has uh, there's like premium free, which lets you play for uh, a specific amount of time, no matter what, even if you fail a song. So it's kind of they they added a lot of like advantages, and, and they kind of made it a little bit more like floating in terms of how much you can pay. Like you can pay a lot and play for a long time, or you can just pay a little bit and kind of play a quick game. Yeah. So it's a neat idea, and I think I, I would like to see it in America, but yeah, I definitely. I don't see that leaving Japan. I, I think if, I, if I'm hoping for anything, I, I hope they make their website easier to use for oh, people outside of Japan. For I, sure. I feel like all of us have gone through the, the chore of logging on to the Konami e-amusement website, yeah. like buying bit cash from a, like a gaming reseller website and then using that to pay for Pacelli on this <laughs> Japanese website that you can't read yeah. just to get the options on DDR. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I know probably 50 people who have done this, and... It's a chore. Every time. Yeah, yeah. Much. it would be yeah. nice if you could just log in and just set the option. At least or translate even, to English, yeah. take credit cards, American credit cards. Yeah, something like that. I, I suspect that they are rolling this out very slowly. Like, um, America actually does have its own e-amusement uh, server. We don't ha we're not bound by the same uh, maintenance times that Japan is. Yeah. So it, it would be... It would be cool to see more of that coming. Yeah, I hope so. More, more America-centric stuff, uh, or just you know, particularly to the zone. Translate the site. That's that's all we're asking. Yeah. Um, so kind of back on the topic of Europe, uh, are there any competitive European players that you would like to see in, at KAC? I don't actually know very many of them. Yeah. Um, I know a, a lot of players have moved to ITG. Yeah, there's still ITG tournaments in like. Yeah. Um, in London, they they all they always have the the UK site re tournaments. And Sweden too, right? Um, I'm not sure. I know of one, so there's one in Scandinavia, it's a pretty big one every yeah. year. Euro yeah. Cup. Oh, the Euro Cup. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I don't think I'm qualified enough to speak to, to the yeah, league. I'm like, I don't know too many ITG players, or like, I don't keep up with the scene even in America, so I wouldn't. And anyone in the chat have any ideas for European players? Yeah, Maybe well, we do know them. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, uh, in case you're just joining us, I just wanted to let you know, we are 
uh, talking about questions and prompts. This is the Arrow panel. It's a show about dance games. Um, so tweet at us at SF underscore evolved or use the hashtag the Arrow panel. Let us know what you want to talk about and we can talk about it on the show. Get involved with the discussion. Yeah. So kind of back on the topic of like Ace in America. Um, so like, how's the, what do you think, how's the game like evolved and changed uh, since Ace? Uh, or since it came to America and stuff. I think the Roger touched on this earlier, but it's really uh, if you if you haven't played DDR since like Extreme or Supernova Two, like the song selection and the song progression yeah. has changed so drastically. Like you know, it used to be that DDR was sort of dominated by Dance Mania, and so you had all the classics like and Cartoon Dance Mania Heroes. Is like a it's like a label comp compilation label yeah. where basically a lot of like. You know, high-profile dance like dance songs or covers got licensed to, to DDR through yeah. that. There's like a series of Dance Mania albums, and DDR would like take from a few of those yeah. uh, every every mix. And so, if you like, if you remember all those songs, like you remember like Kung Fu Fighting in the original DDR or Cartoon Heroes, Butterfly was another one. Like these are classics, right? And you look in Ace or something. Like if that's the next game you play, because it's now at Dave and Buster's or Round One. Uh, you won't see those songs, and like, yeah, where did they I, go? I, I interact with a lot of people who come up to play DDR at David Buster's or Round One, yeah. and they're, they're always asking about it. And they say like, oh, is, is Butterfly on here? Yeah, is, I got that question uh, earlier. Is Cartoon Heroes on here? And yeah. they're like, well, you know, no, but there are some great songs. Yeah. It, it is great to see people getting that nostalgic effect yeah. when they come yeah. up to DDR. Yeah. Uh, but, at the same time, too, we're also seeing like a, a lot of new players who have never played those songs. Yeah, exactly. And do you think that do you think there's like one song in particular that the new players gravitate towards? Like, what's the Bad Apple? Struggle. Bad no, Apple. Struggle, Struggle is the number oh, yeah. one. Struggle's amazing. Struggle, Struggle is Struggle's an amazing song, and I, I felt that way like listening to it. Uh, what's the Dyke and Kai 2017? That's what everybody wants to know. I don't know. I like because Struggle is actually good. Yeah. Like, I, I'm I sorry. Like Kai. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But. Um, I think it's funny that like everyone has sort of gravitated towards that. It's sort of, I mean, it builds on itself, right? Yeah. Like if you see someone playing Struggle and you're like, oh, that's fun and the song's cool, like I'm gonna play it too. So yeah. like sort of popularity begets popularity in yeah. a sense. But uh, yeah, so like the music has just sort of evolved in such a such a like strange way. Like it's much more EDM focused now, especially with bass. Yeah. And and there's a lot of J core. Yeah, or just like uh, I mean, they have a lot of the like the anime, like the Toho songs, like some of the stuff to cater to more of the advancements that have happened, uh, like the changes that have happened in Japan specifically, like people are getting more into that style of music. So, yeah. and we're just getting a bunch of the songs that Japan already has, so we get yeah, Toho songs. And, yeah. By I mean, the way, uh, Justin Berkowitz in the chat says, Break Free is the new Daikin Kai. <laughs> I actually love the chart for Break Free. I, it's great. <laughs> if we want to be candid yeah, right here. Break Free, it, it's great. The video's amazing. Yeah. And, uh, too hard to sync, I think. Like, I actually kind of like that. Like, really? So Break Free is broken, right? It's late. It's, it's like late. really it's late. late and I feel like because I like the song so much, I probably would have played it so much when it, when, when it first came out and just MFC'd it and then not care. Yeah. But because it's broken, you have to play it a lot. <laughs> so, fun fact, I think Break Free is like my number five or so song play, like by number of plays on Ace, yeah. it's on like my top 15. Because it took me like 56 tries to MFC it. I'm not joking. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so hard. hard. I'm not sure, yeah, I'm not sure if I can PFC it yet. I had one on it for hard. so long and I just yeah. could not. Yeah. Like, could not, uh... I, I love the fact that there's a Beatmania controller in the video. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. so good. That's, Zed's like, yeah, that's cool. That was a nice <laughs> little uh, Easter egg. I, I, I really hope Zed's at the Beatmania. Speaking of hard to sync, uh, Hillbilly Shoes. Oh, God, it's so fun. I, if, you so guys, fun. if you guys keep avoiding that song because it's just like really out of place in DDR, you gotta play it's it. A, it's incredible. It's, it's, it's really I'll, I'll defer to you guys it's, on it's this one. It's, it's a pretty hard 13. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like off sync. I'll give it And there's, there's just a lot of notes. It's kind of complicated rhythms. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. It's great, yeah. I think, I'd actually like to see more stuff like that. I'd like to see yeah. more like not techno. It's yeah, kind of like it was it was very interesting the way that they handled the Ace release specifically in America because they yeah. had a sort of like event like here's eight songs for like the entire world like it wasn't just us that got it yeah you know, Japan got it too yeah um, and I was actually so I was visiting Japan when that stuff happened like right around the time that it was being released in America I just so happened to have booked a trip to Japan to play DDR yeah. and hang out with people and so it was funny like playing Break Free in an arcade in Hiroshima 
Like, yeah. I'm like, what's going, like, what's happening right now? Like, DDR is still around, and I'm playing, like, an Ariana Grande song from 2012 or 2013 on the most recent version of DDR that just got released in America. It's like, the craziest thing. Yeah. By the way, about Zed, um, Steve Foster says, didn't Zed tweet about Beatmania once? Casually mentioned it, posted a picture about it? I hope so. He might have. Yeah. I know it sounds, it sounds pretty likely. I know, I remember you retweeting uh, Ariana Grande, when, or is it Grande or Grande? Grande. Grande, okay, whatever. Um, and she was like, I really want to play Dance Dance Revolution right now. And it was like four years ago, but it was like <laughs> oh, so yeah, relevant. <laughs> actually, this, this would be a fun thing to talk about. It's like, I think the artists that are in DDR, they actually like want to, they want to be in DDR. They, they, they saw it. Because Maybe. But we know, uh, like Jack is it at least, he like wanted to be in DDR. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so. Zed maybe also is a fan of the genre and, and stuff and maybe wanted to, to be a part of it. I don't know, I can see it. Yeah, totally. I, I, it definitely happened with like a lot of the the most recent like Konami original people. Like you were just talking about um, the the sound director for 2DX, and it's like that guy probably became an artist because he heard all this stuff and yeah. loved it. And yeah. the same thing with Tag. Like you know, Tag loves DDR. Yeah, I mean right? he was he was a step artist yeah. back in like Supernova. Like, I, I so remember he just worked when, his way up when he was when Extreme came out. Like the dev blog for Extreme, like before Extreme came out, isn't yeah. that crazy to think about? Yeah. Um, Tag was writing the blog, yeah. and every 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 blog entry he would open with greetings. It is Tag, <laughs> and like translated or is that in English? It was greetings. It is Tag. Or? I, th I think so. Really? Yeah. Wow. And uh, that's insane. It, it's just crazy to see that, and then you know, fast forward ten years later, and there's a bunch of Tag songs in DDR. You're like. Hmm, I, I can see exactly how this happened. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm kind of like that too. Like, I, I, I wish that I could do the same thing. Yeah. You know. So speaking of uh, evolution, we got a tweet from Max. Uh, in terms of discussion, what do you think about the official step charts? How do you think this, the official step charts have evolved? Uh, oh so yeah. We talked about how the music evolved. What about the step charts themselves? Yeah, totally. Um, it's a great question. So, in in a similar way to being surprised about the song choices, I think everyone's probably really surprised at the charts themselves yeah, yeah. like so it used to be and it sometimes it sometimes is the case now but uh like the hardest songs were gimmicky right the hardest songs were 15s and 16s on the new scale and they, the old like, scale, they were 10s. yeah like 10 footers or something so bag was a 10 footer because it was slow and max 300 and max limited and legend of max were less like double the bpm and now it's hard and like yeah. add some streams every now and then yeah and those are like in what a lot of like expert players would now consider the sort of like middle range, like the 15 to 16 is sort of like, huh, like yeah, that's the, those are the songs that I play to, to, to have fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you have this whole spectrum up top. It's like, wait, you're telling me that PSMO, which is the hardest song in Extreme, is an easy 16 or a <laughs> mid 16? Yeah. Like what else is there? And you have stuff like, I, I look at charts like Revolution, yeah. um, which is uh, 202 BPM and just like, Full of 16th no runs. Full of 16th no runs. It's yeah. so crazy. And like jumping to jump and jump. Stops. Yeah. Lots of jumps. Or, uh, let's like Nageki or Astro Gazer, like yeah. newer 18s that are, uh, you know, they're not, it's not like they had to double Nageki's BPM to 320 to make it hard or something. Yeah. That's, like they're just it's like, just hard. it's yeah. just hard. Like there's no gimmicks about it. Um, I think like right now the 19s are still in that like, they're still, they still have like 10 footer syndrome of like needing to be very gimmicky. To, I like it though. I, you, yeah, got, you got to keep that around. I I don't doubt that. It'd like, be interesting if they like if they kind of did the science on it and sort of thought about like what the essence of making a really hard chart is. I think I'm they sure probably they do that. that it's yeah. like maybe like I mean, there's a lot of tens that we thought were gimmicky, and it's like maybe the nineteens in the future like won't be gimmicky. Yeah, I think they probably have this sort of progression of the hardest stuff has those gimmicks. Yeah, and yeah. then over time those the gimmicks, gimmicks just get integrated yeah, yeah, down exactly downstream. or they just come up with something that is the same sort of difficulty but without the gimmicks yeah. and then that means that there's a new like set of songs that are very gimmicky at the, at, uh, that are above that so yeah, the idea of a non-gimmicky 19 seems crazy exactly yeah. that's kind of what i'm getting like, at like there's the hardest song will always be gimmicky yeah like it can't be a non-gimmicky song at, at some point we probably thought crossovers were gimmicky too maybe maybe yeah i mean Crossovers and fast songs, definitely. Like, I feel like when PSMO and Paranoia Respect, like, everyone was just like, wow. They're like, it's fast and you have to turn. Yeah. That's crazy. So, uh, Chanel Tanoshi uh, asks again, what do you think would qualify a song as the first 20? 
So what do you see in a oh, chart God. that would make it a 20? There's there's so much we could say about that, I think. Yeah, I, it's hard to tell, again, because of the whole, like, I think it's going to be really gimmicky. In, in my head, I think I see the scale as being just, like, this logarithmic scale of, like, it just getting massively difficult. Yeah. And then, like, the, the increments from there are not really even being noticeable. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know. I, think, I feel like we don't even know. I think if if anyone's familiar with nine challenge, it's also I X. It's yeah. pronounced nine, I guess. But um, that is something like I feel like a little bit more than that. Like could have been like it's the same sort of style of like just lots of like it speeds up, it speeds up and it slows down, uh, streams everywhere, yeah. and like twists and turns and jump steps and like twenty fourth drills or something like all of those have to sort of come together on an even faster song, like on the speed of something like Egoism. To make the first twenty, which is absurd, <laughs> I but can't like picture that. it's gonna happen. Yeah, they're they're gonna do it. Yeah, that's that's the other thing I, I love about Ace and like the DDR resurgence too is I just think that the players are just getting they're just on a totally different yeah. level. Yeah, everybody's getting so much better. Everybody's it's exponential. Better. Yeah. yeah, which is, I think it's interesting that the the game itself can push people in that way. Yeah, uh, I think people are kind of pushing each other too. Like, yeah, you know, there's. I see people online posting scores on Twitter, and I'm like, yeah. I wonder if I could do that. Oh, I can do that. And I look at someone else, but like, I wonder if I could do that. And like, yeah. It's like it's interesting to me because I think it's it's not even a matter of the time that you spent playing the game. Because it's like even totally, you yeah. Know, like Ten years ago, people were playing uh, as often as you are, like yeah. at least every day, or at least every other every other day for like two or three hours every day, and you know, like they they still weren't able to like. Triple A, even some of the, the hardest songs. Right. So I mean, it's, it's, like, it's exponential, and it depends on what content you have. It's this. It's the ITG effect, right? It's the yeah. hyperbolic time chamber, of uh, when you have access to harder songs, you progress faster. Yeah. So yeah. when your when your bar is ten footers in extreme, and like there are some nine footers, like a fairly decent amount of nine footers, uh, but then you're mostly sticking around sevens and eights, you're just not going to improve as quickly as if you play ace. And you're playing 15s and 16s all the time because that's the sort of m the same middle range yeah. as sevens and eights back in the day. Yeah, it's crazy to think about 15s being seven footers. Yeah. So speaking of like you know this this kind of new ceiling and like new players, are there any like new players that you've met that you kind of want to give a shout out to, sort of like people that that kind mm -hmm. of impress you? To me, I, I like to talk about Spencer Arbody because he's oh, yeah. a really interesting guy. Uh, kind of just started getting into the game like a, a year ago or something. It's it's and crazy to think that you could make progress like playing even one to two years yeah. and start playing one to two years ago and now be PSing 15. Like, yeah, that's yeah. that's crazy to me. I'm, I'm like meeting, that's pretty crazy. I've met like other people at the arcade too who are the same situation. Yeah. yeah. Not long ago they were you know doubling. You know, or maybe not even full comboing. Like I see people who, stuff. who started just a few months ago, and I, I see them playing at David Buster's now, and I'm like, "You're you're already you're already playing 14s? Yeah. Like, what, is, what is this? It's pretty insane. I think it's it's really inspiring. Yeah. To, that you can get, you know, if you push yourself, you can get exactly. Really far. And I think in a really short time. Too. Yeah, in a really short time. I think it's it's really motivating. Uh, Mike four five eight in the chat is wondering. Uh, we're talking about 20s. He's wondering if a slow song could be a 20. I don't think so. Like bag? Could we have another bag? It, it, no. I, I mean, I think it could only work if it was a slow song that had crazy runs. But and even if, if it's if it's like that, then it's not really a slow song. Yeah, right? I think uh, I think the like the slow song is hard. Gimmick is bag and only bag. Like yeah. it, it, they they retired it. It's pretty clear that they make songs that are. Double the BPM, bass pounding, like super high energy. Like I know you talk about how boss songs are a genre. Yeah, like, they, they music. definitely are. Like they're the best genre like, of music. There is nothing quite like egoism 440. Oh yeah. Like it is. <laughs> it's it the is. It's of human achievement. <laughs> it's. I think we'll see stuff like <laughs> Speedcore basically. Like egoism. That's, 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 that's what's. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. yeah. So we'll see. We'll like Speedcore is kind of already taking over 2DX. I think 2DX kind of hit the ceiling. 2DX has been around a lot longer than DDR has. I think. Uh, not 2DX, Beat, Beat Mania but Beat Mania. Beat Mania a little bit So longer. Beat Mania has kind of like, I think if, if you want to look at to the future of DDR, you can kind of think about 2DX yeah. and see what, what they did. Yeah. Um, and it's like, they started incorporating a lot of speed core and uh, really interesting patterns and stuff. And uh, and not really... There's like, a lot of features from 2DX that I wish they would put in DDR. Me too. And we yeah. can, we We're going to talk about, I think we should talk about that That'll in a totally hilarious. separate... Yeah. But that's, so, that's, I could... Getting close to wrapping up here, I think. Uh, what do you think about maybe Ace Two, DDR Ace Two? Yeah, I was I was thinking about that just 
uh, the way that mixes work typically, like usually a year, year and a half is when new mixes get released. So we're coming up on that. Like Ace was released in March of 2016. So we're a year and two months in. Yeah. Like, is a new one on the horizon? It's it almost feels like something with Ace isn't quite finished yet. Like usually they have some sort of giant event for. Maybe that's what Renowned Adventure is. It's it's possible. Like we were gonna speculate a little bit about that. Um, you know, is the first 19 coming at the end of uh, Renowned Adventure? Is Cozy Catastrophe the the first 19 and the first 20? Yeah, or, that's not possible. Maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah. So. Um, uh, so just. Put a pause on it. Sure. Uh, so as we're getting towards the end of the show, uh, we kind of want to try to do like a question and answer series. Um, so we'll try to like rapidly uh, get some questions in and maybe uh, provide our answers uh, to it. So start thinking about those questions now. Send them in. Uh, you can tweet at SF underscore evolved or use the hashtag the arrow panel uh, or write it in the chat. We'll see it. Um, yeah, and I, I just saw someone say something about how 2018 is the 20th anniversary of DDR. Oh, oh so that's a good point. I, I, I just got goosebumps thinking about it. <laughs> and it's, you know... 20 November, the, 2018. I, I just oh, really man. love the idea the of them putting even more effort into the game than they did with Ace, because yeah. the, the fact that they already have such a great base to build on, is it, it makes me think that if there is a new mix, and it is the, the 20th anniversary mix, it's just going to be full of all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, that's really, really exciting to think about, actually. I didn't know, uh, I didn't, like, put two and two together, but... Yeah. Man. 20 years. 20 years. The, 20 years, the first 20. <laughs> like, they've got to be planning this for this entire time, I didn't right? I think about that. Yeah, that'd be funny. Like, oh, man. <laughs> I think we should, I think Ace should give us 119. Um, over the period, I think, was a fantastic addition to... The lineup of, of boss songs. Yeah, like it's, it's great. The it's, eight, like the fifteen. The, if you guys don't play stuff on difficult, like sometimes the difficult charts are really, really fun. Over OCP. the okay. over the period, difficult is one of my favorite charts. Uh, the expert is amazing, and the challenge is like, it's kind of bullshit, but it's still kind of doable bullshit. Yeah. And like, I want to be really good at over the period challenge. I'm not there yet, but I'll get there. <laughs> yeah, and that middle part where it speeds up during like the like the dubstep snare part. Oh yeah. Like the do, 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 do. Oh, it's that's like the most pop part, of, the most pop section in all of DDR, yeah, I think. So like, good. You, it feels so good. We've got an episode about that, I think. Yeah. So uh, back, <laughs> kind of back to Q and A. We got a, a, a tweet out there. Um, do any of you guys play any other rhythm games? That that'd be kind of an interesting thing to talk about. Like if that yeah. helps you at all. Rhythm yeah, I definitely. So uh, I'm like scheming ideas for future uh, like main topics of the of the night to talk about. So I definitely want to talk about cross training, uh, cross training, and yeah. sort of how. Like what other music games we play and how they might help or detract from the game you're trying to play. Yeah. So, but I will give a brief answer now, which is I play a bunch of uh, music games. I love Technica. That was one of my like when I I had to quit DDR for a little bit. I had knee problems and I also didn't live near a machine. Um, but I so I, just, I picked up Technica and that was like super engaging and fun. Um, and I've also uh, I played ITG a bunch, but I don't really count that too much. And Chunithum is one of my favorite oh, games. Oh, I, I love it. Chunithum is a game that Maybe, Sega makes. <laughs> Sega makes this game called Chunithum. It's in Japan only, and uh, it kind of uses a like a, a sensor bar, and it actually has like an AR reader where you kind of lift your hands up. And if you get if you ever go to Japan, you have to try it. Like, yeah. it's super it's fucking the best new rhythm game in a long time. It's absolutely. And if I could play Chunithum, like. I don't know. I, I, I want to say that I would always keep playing DDR, but Shinodim would definitely take me out for like a month or two, and like yeah. I'm just like grinding everything possible. I think, I think we should reserve the rest of this question for a whole other Sure, episode. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I would just give, give one or two games that you play. Yeah, cross-training is a totally thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I play uh, mostly dance games, so like DDR, ITG, Pump It Up. I'm like okay at Pump It Up, I'm okay at ITG, I'm pretty good at DDR, and I feel like I, I never really branched out into the other ones. And I think it was mostly because I felt like I didn't want to focus on anything but DDR. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but the, it's clear that it has an advantage. You know, like Jeff's really good at DDR, and he plays a lot of rhythm games. So maybe I should be playing Soundvoltex or something. Right. You know. Yeah. So me, you? I, I I try to play a little bit of everything. I, I love rhythm games. Uh, I definitely play DDR the most. Um, second, I would probably I do play a lot of Pump. I think Pump can teach you a lot of things about uh, DDR. About how yeah, to just DDR footwork. Footwork, um, just like kind of muscle memory and, and letting letting the, the flow is another really important thing. 
Um, and then I also play a lot of 2DX. I think 2DX is great. Uh, when, when you're talking about cross-training, I think 2DX is good for timing. Uh, because it's the strictest timing out of any rhythm game. Well, Marvelous is actually stricter than uh, Just Great, I think. Mm, or they feel that way, at least. I don't know. I, uh, I'm bad at 2DX, but <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah, I'm incredibly bad, so I can't comment. So we'll go to another question. Um, what in your mind makes... This is from Mike458. What in your mind makes an ideal DDR player? Speed, coordination, and what's the best way to improve? Again, this is something I think yeah, we're going to have a whole fun. other topic yeah. about. Uh... But uh, it's definitely a mixture of everything, in my opinion. Um, and I kind of, I, 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 I want to hold back a little bit. I could talk about this for yeah, hours. If, if you can say there's a little bit, like, play every song. Play every song. Play That's, a lot. Yeah. And Not even that. I, I, ser I sincerely think playing every song, uh, if you haven't, will, you'll see just a vast, an immediate, it's the lowest hanging fruit in DDR. Play every song. Just do yeah. it. Like, yeah. you don't even have to play it. I played once a week for, like, seven years once a week and that's and I got to the yeah. point where I could win tournaments like I don't think you have to I, definitely playing every day helps but yeah. just play every song it feels good yeah fill out your score tracker do, do a score tracker yeah actually so my advice is play Step Mania I think uh, like studying it's kind of like doing your especially if you can't go to the arcade yeah if you can't go well especially if you can't go to the arcade but even if you are going to the arcade a lot I think there's nothing nothing beats like studying at home it's sort of yeah. like you gotta study. Yeah, like it's just like that. Just Studying video games. Getting really in, in depth and, and with Stepney and the edit mode, you can actually um, break it down and, and uh, select a part of the song that you want to practice over and over again. Turning on assist tick and stuff. Yeah. Uh, really important. But yeah, this is again another topic that I think could be a whole other episode. So yeah. we'll move, move on to another question. Uh, we have a tweet uh, over here from Zanzibar. What song demands a revival? Butterfly. Butterfly? You know, well, so I, they did it before. They revived it once before. In X for the uh, 10th anniversary. Yeah. And the 20th is coming up, so they should probably do it again. I don't know. I, I just know that there was like internal turmoil with Dance Mania. Or not internal turmoil, but like Dance Mania is not a thing anymore or something. Yeah. Like the label's gone. Anyway. Um, uh, I don't know. Things are happening over there. Um <laughs> I don't. I would love to see Cartoon Heroes back, or So Deep, yeah, or something yeah. like. So Deep. Oh uh, man, like just the classics, I would love. But yeah, I don't know. That's that. That's a tough one. Um, so we have another uh, in the chat. We have Ninja Faro. Oh, Ninja Far. He's, hey, how's it going? And then uh, he's asking, uh, what are all of your favorite songs and charts in, in Ace? Oh yeah, that's a good thing. We're talking about Ace. We should probably yeah. like yeah. for people who haven't played or might want to branch out, like give a few charts that you think are are really awesome. Yeah. Hmm. Well, so, like, I think we talked about this before. I think uh, we both agree that uh, the sweet spot of DDR is kind of like 14s, 15s, 16s. Yeah. And a little bit in 17s, a little bit in 13s. <laughs> and so, um, I don't know, there's like there's a couple songs out there I've, I've PFC'd already um, that I just keep playing. Um, I, I love songs by Ryu Star. Uh, so, like, I'm So Happy is mm -hmm. incredible. And um, I play that song all the time. It's 16. Um, it's got some really good streaming. What, about, what about New for Ace? Yeah, like, uh, kind oh, of new on Ace. the newer side, yeah. Yeah, let's see. Hmm. That's tough. I think Sick. Is Sick new? Yep. Yeah, Sick new. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then uh, Come to Life. Oh, oh yeah. Come to Life is really good. Come to Life, I think, is like just such a, a perfect encapsulation of what a good new DDR song is all about. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's got the sound, like what we were saying about, you know, techno and um, speedcore and stuff. It's got a little bit of that in there. And uh, the chart is incredible. The, the vocals challenge are great. chart, yeah. The, the vocals are incredible. It's just like really, really, really good. So what about yeah, I, I, I like I like the licenses. I like songs like Break Free. I, I really liked uh, what what else what else is new for Ace? Um, you don't have a, like the photographic memory of the song list. Just <laughs> I, I, def in your I, brain. I definitely do, but it's it's hard to choose favorites. You know, it like hmm. I, I think I, I like a lot of the extra exclusives. I think yeah. one of my favorite songs is Start a New Day. Oh yeah, Start a New yeah. Day is like this like future bassy kind of song by uh, Soda Fujimori. Yeah. And it's a 15, it's really fun, it's like, it's kind of like a, just like a relaxing 15 foot. It is really, it's a very <laughs> relaxing song. Yeah. I'm going to throw my hat in the ring with uh, Ayakashi Kakushi, which is, it's the song that's like 85 BPM from 2014. It's still, oh, yeah. still fairly new, I'm going to say. But uh, that song is incredible. DJ Toto is just a god. Da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, uh, it's one yeah. of my favorite charts from, from the actual Ace folder. Um, it's just like such, it tests everything, it tests your crossover ability, 12th notes, like weaving in 12th notes with other stuff, like, yeah. it's just great. Um, I'm trying to think of 
And come, I already said come to life, but yeah. come to life is like probably my favorite DDR chart song combination that's ever existed, and it'll stay there for a long time. Like that, yeah. I just can't get enough of it. Yeah, so many good new songs in Ace. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, um, Dan Adam out there, he asks uh, recommended shoes about DDR. Kind of has a little bit to do with technique, I guess. I, I think, think, I think that seems like something else that we could go in, into on another episode. Yeah, sure. I, I to some people it's pretty important, but I think for the most part it's not as important as people I, think. I definitely agree. I want to say uh, don't worry about that too much. Play in whatever shoes you feel comfortable with. Uh, yeah. Typically it's a running shoe of some sort, but I think there is a slight myth that... Uh, you know, if I if I put on these shoes or I wear the shoes that the pros play, and yeah. like I'm gonna in, see an increase in scores, people are buying Puma tapers on eBay for three hundred dollars. Like, don't do that. <laughs> You'll like practice is more important than the shoes that you're wearing. Yeah. yeah. But we can talk about that more uh, later. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's see. Uh, we're taking just a few more questions here, and then we're gonna start wrapping up. Uh, Peter Hages in the chat asks about uh, e amusement. Do you think it's gonna start gaining traction in the U.S. like it did Japan? Do you, I feel like all the new players have e amusement cards. Yeah, is, is that question more about uh, like EMUs for other games, or is it more about like adoption of EMUs for DDR? I think both are expanding. Yeah, we have round one that like is coming over with Sound Voltex and 2DX and Gitadora on EMUs. Yeah. Um, so there's a non-zero chance that stuff like Poppin will come over on EMUs, but also um, more people are using EMUs cards. People realize that oh hey, premium play yeah, means every, like, everybody who plays seriously or even even semi seriously. Yeah. Card. Yeah. So I think the adoption's pretty good so far. So it's probably a good idea to start wrapping up now. Yeah, so um, just, just to close up, we just kind of wanted to mention a couple of things that are coming up in the DDR uh, community. So June 3rd, David Buster's Virginia Beach, California. No, no, Virginia Beach, or, Virginia. Sorry, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, there's a, a tournament that's happening. Yeah, yeah, so uh, Andy Cook, one of the Andy 457, uh, yeah. very good DDR player. He's hosting a tournament at, at David Buster's. So that's how so we go to the tournament. If yeah, you're, if seriously, you're, yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. yeah, if you're on the East Coast, yeah, you should do it. Um, that should be um, a lot of fun. And then, of course, Champions of the Coast 2017. I think I'm probably going to go. That's August 25th. Yeah, it sounds sounds enticing. Yeah, is that going to show up? My home arcade. Yeah, are you going? Uh, probably not. Uh, but I encourage anyone to go. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they're going to have what mixes they're going to have. I like. I would probably go if it was an Ace tournament, but it's not going to be an Ace tournament. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, also, we, we encourage you I'd like you guys, to go just to engage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. We, we encourage you all out there, all you DDR fans, to, to try running your own tournament if there are no tournaments. Yeah, if, if you live near an ace, ace machine, even if you don't live near an Ace machine, run tournaments. Yeah, really, all it takes... Uh, we had, like, David Waz, our, uh, he's run, he runs the tournaments down here in San Jose. Uh, incredibly hardworking guy. I want to give a shout-out to him. Yeah. Um, and But he's, like... He's good at talking to people, and really all it takes is just kind of like having a conversation with the manager. Yeah. Talking to the manager, say, I'd like to run a DDR tournament where you're going to get some money yeah. if you let us use the machine all day, yeah. and, and you'll get customers. Yeah, so. and like, you know, it may not go uh, really well the first time, but it's still going to be fun. You're just yeah, just go to challenge.com, run a bracket. Yeah, you just get a bunch of your friends together. I think it's, uh, it's going to be nice. Maybe I'll type up a little tutorial on how to do this. I, also, I wrote a program to help do card draw simulations for tournaments. So... Maybe, that, maybe that'd be a good idea to help get some more yeah. tournaments out there. Yeah. Um, and okay. that, that should probably be our next episode about tournaments. Yeah, I think yeah, we I will. Think, I think we'll talk about that next time. So, uh, two weeks from today? Two weeks from today. Two weeks from today, we'll be back here, 7 p.m. Pacific time. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, so thanks for tuning in, and thank you for thank playing. Thank you for playing.